Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And just a quick invitation, if you've listened to these shows before, you know I've been talking about a big conference that's coming up September 2017. And um, there's over 500 people now registered, and I think the spots are getting slim. So if you still want to get in and come to one of the biggest afterlife conferences in the world, I want to invite you to check out the website afterlifestudies.org, where there'll be 33 of us speakers there, all about the afterlife and being in communication with your loved ones and living a powerful life, being held in Scottsdale, Arizona, September 15th through 17th. And even if you're listening to this episode well after that date, uh, I still invite you to go to the afterlifestudies.org website as all the speakers will have been videotaped and you'll be able to see videos uh, and find out, you know, what's going on in the world of the afterlife. It's pretty amazing stuff. So now on to our show. Uh, today on the show, we have Ward Barkefer. Ward Edward Barkefer Jr., to be exact. Ward was the husband to Suzette Shockley, his wife for 33 years. He was born in Missouri and grew up in Kansas. After college, Ward joined a Fortune 100 company and was transferred to Denver, Colorado, where he was a sales promotion manager for Rocky Mountain West. Now, why is Ward on the show today? Because of a beautiful book that arrived in my mailbox a couple of months ago. Ward is the author of the book, Beyond the Veil to Heaven, Inexplicable Manifestations and Signs from a Woman's Transition to Heaven While Maintaining Earthly Life Connections. Ward's website is signsfromsue.com. Right now, I am so happy to be able to share Ward with you today. So Ward Barkefer, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Appreciate the opportunity. Yes, your your book is just lovely, and I'm I'm so delighted to hold it in my hands and to get to hear your story. So often, Ward, people, our listeners, want so dearly to get a sign that their their loved one who has crossed over or transitioned is still okay, that they still exist, and um, you're a man who's gotten those signs. So I'd really like to find out a little bit about about your history, your relationship uh, with Suzette, and um, and how all this. Came Came about well fine now I uh, actually I, I was married to Suzette for about 33 years wow. and we had a wonderful wonderful marriage very loving marriage we, we were really our, our own best friends and then she uh, she unfortunately uh, started feeling a little dizzy about two years prior to, to her uh, her demise and and uh, she had a uh, turned out she had a, a brain tumor and it was it was uh, it was operable, and so we we had that operation. She uh, she had some problems afterwards. She had a uh, uh, kind of a, uh, a food tube, if you want to call it that, in her stomach mm-hmm. because the uh, the operation left her with a little nerve damage in her in her brain, to where the nerves on the left side of her face would not operate properly, so she could not she could not swallow properly. So she was. Unfortunately, after the operation in a wheelchair, she had this um, had to be fed by 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 her her, her stomach uh, tube, and uh, it was just not a very very happy situation. But she was getting along pretty well at home, and I had bought her a power hospital bed to, to put in our large bedroom, and and uh, but she was in a wheelchair, and so it was it was kind of a, a, a tough situation for both of us. Well. 
uh, things are going on pretty well. And then uh, at about midnight on the, the night of February 1st, uh, in 2016, a year ago, she awakened and and I could tell she was not feeling very well at all. She uh, she really couldn't talk and she said she had some chest pains. And so I called 9-11. They, they came in the, in, the, in the middle of a big blizzard, one of the biggest blizzards we had all year long, and uh, took her to the emergency room and I got over there. And after a few minutes, she was feeling pretty well. I was just very, very tired. And the hospital said, well, we're going to have to keep her overnight just to double check everything. Well, fine. I went home to get a little bit of sleep and then the next morning I went over there in the morning and, and uh, she seemed to be doing pretty well but but she was in ICU and I I was really disturbed I said well doctor how come she's in ICU and they said well it's overnight it developed and she we found that she had a few little blood clots in her heart and so we have to do a little blood thing and it might take two or three days but we think she's going to be all right so that was fine. So I went home to get a little bit more sleep. And then the, about 2 o'clock in the afternoon when I was ready to uh, to go back to the hospital, I had a phone call, and the chaplain was on the on, on the phone. He said, you ought to come over right away. Her heart stopped, but we got started. The doctor got started again. And uh, But she, she really should come over. Well, I hurried over there. About 20 minutes later, I arrived, and, and uh, the doctor said, well, her heart has started and stopped again. And, and then there was this recitation. I'm sorry, resuscitation going along. And the resuscitation was uh, kind of a horrible thing to see. There were, there were four or five doctors in the room, four or five nurses, and there was not not enough room for me to get in. And uh, so I just had to wait out in the hallway while they were doing this. And the doctor came out about 45 minutes later and said, I'm sorry, we lost her. And I, I just... Thinking about it right now, the tremendous grief and desolation that hit me like a like a blow, and and I, I walked out of the hospital, walked down the hospital corridor, knowing that I would never see her again, and and that would be the end of it, our relationship, everything. But was I wrong? I was really wrong. Now, it, what happened next was really was something else, you know. Mm. First of all, I'm so sorry. I, I, no matter what we believe in the afterlife, there's absolutely nothing worse than the grief of losing someone you love. Especially the more you love, I think the more painful it is. So um, I know you've well, got a good a little, story. Uh, I think it's a little different than, for me. Anyway, a little different than losing a parent. Uh, you know, at some point in time, we realize our parents are going to pass on. Yes. And uh, in my case, I was not very close to them. They were. Uh, uh, a few states away, we didn't see each other very regularly. But when you have someone that you're living with constantly, day after day, mm-hmm. and loving, uh, it's a big different story for me anyway. So to continue on, um, I got home that evening and and and, and uh, died. I went to bed, just full of grief and desolation. And in the middle of the night, I awakened, and I had this strange feeling of goosebumps all over me. And then I saw... Uh, a little shadow of, of a woman uh, kind of reaching out to me uh, side of the bed, and, and I was startled. She said, I want you to know, Lord, I'm alive, that I've transferred uh, from from earthly existence to to what you call, everything's called heaven, and it's a different realm, a different dimension, And but I'm alive, I'm a well, and I don't want you to have all this grief and desolation. 
that that you have. Wow. And so, Susan, that started it. And the, and the next morning, I have a little home office, and then um, I was in my home office, and she came through again, and she said, uh, I, I'm going to, and I'm just kind of quoting from the book a little bit, although it's not quite the quote from the book. She said, I'm going to um, be with you from now on, and I can do everything else that I want to do and do what I have to do in my realm and still be with you the rest of your earthly life. Well, of course, as you can imagine, I was thoroughly, thoroughly astounded and and, and what was going on. My entire life, I thought when someone dies, that's it. Death is just final, Mm -hmm. like so many of us have thought, you know. And so it was just flooring to me what was going on. So that evening, the first thing really happened. Uh, I was sitting at a dining room table and doing some bookwork, and we have a large large dining room with high 18-foot high vaulted ceiling lights. And there, those ceiling lights started flashing on and off, just bang, 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 just on and off like an ambulance light or like a police car light. And I thought, what in the world is going on? And, and, and uh, so I turned them off, and, and, and the next morning, I had forgotten to tell you earlier that that first morning, Sue had told me she was going to show me a sign sooner or later that she was alive. And then the next morning, sitting in my home office, she said, I want you to know by flashing the lights that I'm alive, that I'm in, in, in a different realm, but I'm, I'm me, I'm my personality, my spirit, I'm who I am. And, 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 and I just wanted to prove it to you. So to make a long story short on this, the second night, I, same thing happened. I'm in, in the dining room. The lights started flashing like crazy. And the next morning, uh, she said, I, I want you to know that I'm, I'm with you. And I told you I'd show you a sign sooner or later. And this is the first of many signs that, that I will show you to show you that I'm, that I'm alive. And so, Susan, that's that's the beginning of a lot of a lot of different uh, different signs uh, or, that, that, that happened. Did you hear her in your mind? Did you? Well, you first had yeah, said you'd that, that, seen a shadow. Like, how did how did the words come through? Okay, well, what I would I not not knowing about anything that happened. I mean, it's completely, completely just not knowing anything that that, that was happening. I started doing some research and I started doing some uh, internet looking and and, uh, and that type of thing and trying to find out what's, what in the world is going on. Well, I found out and 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 Sue told me that that she she's talking to me through my mind through what we call telepathy. Mm-hmm. And telepathy basically is a communication by means other than through the normal normal five senses. It's a way of communicating thoughts directly from one person's mind to another person's mind. And and so it's just a mental mental telepathy type conversation. But the interesting thing about it is she has a vocabulary that's a little greater than mine. <laughs> and she has a, uh, yeah, and she has a, uh, a larger vocabulary. But her voice, uh, I could tell through my mind that this is her voice. Uh, it's really, 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 Really unusual. Uh, yeah. So that's exactly what, start, what, what started happening. Wow. And then uh, soon I found that there's a pattern to these these things that happened. And maybe I could go over a few. Yes, of these, take just, your time very briefly. 
Yeah, yeah. We, okay. I, these um, stories are so important. They really are because so many of us have lost a loved one and to just know what's possible gives us hope that you know, these things could happen to us. So you tell as many stories as you want. Well, some of the things that happened, okay, this pattern, and by reading several books, you know, there's not a lot of books about after-death communication. There's, there, there, there are just a very few where there's, it's like a diary. In fact, Sue is the only one that I really know that it's like a diary. The book goes on until like Monday morning, uh, May 22nd, for example, and then she goes on and tells her story. So it's like a diary, day-to-day or or every two-day diary. But anyway, besides uh, telepathy, there's a feeling of a presence, kind of a sensing of a presence. And once in a while, uh, at night, before I went to bed, I'd be reading a book, and all of a sudden, at the, at the very corner of my eye, I, I have to see, have to, it's a sense of presence. And, and that was, that was uh, very unusual. But the next thing was smelling a fragrance. Uh, she had a, uh, a lovely lemon-lime fragrance uh, that she used. It was kind of a bath, bath wash fragrance. Mm-hmm. And she used that frequently, and, and I knew the, the, smell of, the, the smell of that. So one night in the middle of the night, about two, all these things happened usually in the middle of the night. About 2.30 in the middle of the night, I awakened, and there was this fragrance filling the room of uh, of this body wash, living line body wash, to where it almost kind of burned my nose, my nostrils. And I read later on that uh, in another book that a woman's grandfather smoked cigars. And one one day, all of a sudden, she started to smell, after about three, three months after he passed away, she started smelling cigar smoke in the house for a little while. Incredible. So, there, so smelling a fragrance, uh, the next thing is hearing a voice. Now, I've only heard, physically heard Sue's voice a couple times. One again, another night, I'm completely awakened, was awakened, and, uh, and, and, and her face in full color was at, at, at about the size of a regular normal face at the, at the foot of the bed, uh, showed up for about three seconds, and she said, hi, Ward. And that was a very definite, uh, hearing a voice. That happened a couple times. Um, the, the visual appearance type thing happened a couple times also, like what I just mentioned, where, and the reason these things happen in the middle of the night, Susan, I understand from Sue, that the vibrations of her, very high vibrations and the very low vibrations of, of, of uh, on Earth, in the middle of the night, they can somehow once in a while, for a few seconds, in my case, a few seconds, join together. And so that's kind of how some of this, some of this happens. Now, uh, if I may go ahead, one more thing. Yes, yes. In the power, power hospital bed that I had, uh, because she was in a wheelchair in the middle of the night, she'd have to go to the bathroom. I had bought a little bicycle horn and hung it on the side of the bed. Mm-hmm. And so she would honk that bicycle horn, wake me up, and I would help her. Right. Well, after she passed on, I sold the bicycle bed. I am bicycle horn. I sold I sold the hospital bed, mm-hmm. put the bicycle horn in a little box with a few of her little clothes, her clothes that I had bought her just that Christmas. That I kind of wanted to say, you know, and, um, and I awakened that horn honking, just a real loud honk that woke me up. And, and, 
And then I saw her again uh, in a full view against the foot of the bed, against the back wall, kind of walking down some steps, smiling. And and it's just, you know, these things, of course, it just absolutely blew my mind almost. So the next morning, sitting in my home office, she said, I, I, I honked the bicycle horn so you'd wake up so she, you could see me. Well, she also said that the vibrations of the bicycle horn uh, were still in the room and that she could use through electromagnetic force uh, t- uh, tap into those vibrations and ring those vibrations. So there you are. That's another thing. That's so amazing. amazing. And what I what I like about it is you weren't a guy that believed in any of this stuff beforehand. So it, it's a it's a wonderful <laughs> when it happens and you get to tell the story. It just is so fantastic. Well, it really is fantastic. Uh, the um, on the occurrences, like I just mentioned, uh, I found out later in, in reading that it's electromagnetic energy, usually through the electro, electromagnetic waves, and 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 uh, that causes a flickering of lights, and there's things like happen, like television sets turning mm-hmm. on and off, yeah. um, computer monitors showing programs that appear out of nowhere, yes. uh, and, and that happened to me, if I could tell you one more sure. I, need to kind of, I love it don't, don't you worry about anything people or well, people are so used to hearing my voice they're refreshed when you, we get to hear stories from somebody else so i i'm loving it and i'm you know glancing through your book right now and i'm oh just keep yeah. talking no worries well okay okay now about more about the book now the book the book is a uh, what would happen i would go into my uh my little office here in the early morning and and usually Sue would come across this telepathy, mental telepathy, and she wanted me to have either a tape recorder or a uh, a, a pen and a notebook. And, and so I usually used a pen and a notebook and started jot, jotting down word for word for what she told me. And so that's how this book book came about. She would tell me something, I would jot it down, and then later on the day I would write it through my computer. Well. The uh, this this uh, uh, this, okay, I, I, I lost my thoughts. Yeah, it's okay. okay. The computer, the computer monitor. Now, one morning, I came down and turned on my computer. The monitor flashed on, of course, and there, on the very base of the monitor, was a program uh, about self-reliance, about self-esteem. And it was a three-page program, and and that I had I had bought probably three or four years ago. It was in the in the, in the way back in my computer somewhere, and uh, and when I turned on the computer, this first page of this program showed up was on the computer. So I went ahead, I printed it out. The second page showed up. I printed it out. The third page showed up. I printed it out. And then the next thing that happened was a, a, a picture of myself that was again buried in the computer showed on the monitor. So she, Sue was showing me that this was a program that she wanted me to read and think about since my self-esteem, obviously because of the problems that they're passing, my self-esteem had really dropped. Yes. And so that, that, that was just, just floored me to have that happen. And I, it's just, it's all in the book. It's just amazing. God. 
Well, I'm going to continue on if that's all right. Yes, of course. Uh, I- I'm looking okay. at your tables, table of contents, and I'm like, okay, got to ask you about <laughs> music messages and you know some of these conversations yeah. she had with you. Okay, go ahead. Well, another thing that I found out again later on that there's some gifts or signs. Uh, people that have had situations similar to mine have found coins uh, in odd places. They, uh, one woman who lost her boyfriend, uh, a very loving couple, I guess, uh, he always wore, wore a feather in his hat. And, um, and one day she went out of her garage and looked down on the, on the, uh, on the pavement and there was a feather, a white feather lying on the pavement where there was no birds around, nothing around. And, and she felt that he was showing her that he was alive. Mm-hmm. So that, that's another kind of thing that can happen. Um, a lot of people have talked about, about animals and birds. Now, another interesting thing that happened to me is in the spring of the year, last year, before we had any bumblebees, uh, I, I had my, my Jeep uh, parked in a parking lot. I was waiting on someone else to come and, and meet me. And a bumblebee flew on my driver's side mirror and just stayed there, which had never happened before in my mm-hmm. lifetime. And after about two or three minutes, it flew away. About a minute later, it came back and sat in the very same place on my driver's mirror. And a few minutes later, it flew away. Now, the second time a bumblebee happened, I was in another parking lot where there's no, no trees around, no bushes, and, and another bumblebee came and landed on that same spot on that mirror. And I had two other encounters of bumblebees out of nowhere coming very, very close to me and buzzing around me and then flying off. So all, all these all these are just telling me that that, that, she, that, that she's close by and uh, and all, all this can be controlled. So mm, I've had those anyway, things with, other, with a lot, birds. A lot of other things that happen there. Yeah. It's one other quick thing I'd like to mention sure. of the many, many, uh, many, many happenings in the book is um, it, out of our, on the outside of our kitchen, we have a little little wooden deck, and there's a sliding glass door from the kitchen onto the deck. And Sue and I would sit there a lot of part of the day in the summertime in our little chairs, uh, throwing some peanuts out to the squirrels. Well, one day... Instead of a squirrel, there was a male, large male uh, blue jay dropped down the deck and grabbed the peanut and it flew off. And a few minutes later, obviously a female did the same thing. And a few minutes later, two or three little little blue jays did the same thing. So from then on, for the rest of that year and for the next three or four years following, we would have blue jays doing exactly the same thing. Well, Sue knew that I could relate blue jays to her. Mm-hmm. So in the middle of the night, uh, probably about April of last year, black bedroom, uh, wintertime, uh, I, uh, I awakened by, I heard some plucking and it awakened me. And, and with my eyes full open and fully awake over on the, on the left side of the bed, about 10 feet above the bed, there was a, a, a male blue jay Kind of, kind of, kind of like out of focus, like a, a not completely focused picture, mm-hmm. but you color. 
just just up there, just flapping its wings and plucking, 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 plucking. And and I out loud I said, Oh, the blue jays have returned and then I thought, How can a blue jay return in the middle of winter in the bedroom? And that that was what I understand later is a, a hologram that they, they can produce holograms like that. And the next morning, well, I'm in my in my in my room getting ready to talk with Sue and write down. She said, "How did you like the blue jay?" I had the blue jay there in order to show you again that I'm still alive and around you. So, Susan, that was the most unbelievable thing. Uh, obviously, believable, but it just. It just blew my mind, really, quite frankly. Yeah, what I really like is the conversation between you guys. It seems like she opened up with, and you know, still continues to give you signs. But she came right out and said, "Go," because I'm on page eleven to go uh, get keep a notebook with you and buy yourself a recorder, right? Um, and to to have these communications and you the so throughout your book is literally uh friday night february 5th flashing lights again and then the sunday morning february 7th you know hi i love you and then what she writes i mean what she is saying through you it's to me not written like it's a conversation you're having with yourself but it's with a woman who's got a pretty big vocabulary like you mentioned and and she's telling you um you know where she is and what the afterlife is like, and I, I'm, it's just fantastic. Well, for example, uh, if I go into another little thing, yes, like for our, on Saturday morning, April the second, uh, the way the book is written, I, I, I sometimes I ask her questions. So on Saturday morning, April the second, I said, "I am confused about where you are in relationship to heaven." And she, her response to me is, there are several levels where I am. The hmm. first level after passing is now where I am. It is a resting time after life on earth. I am surrounded by angels and other people that I have known that have passed. I understand that I will go to another level after a while. There are seven levels before I reach God's level in heaven. It is a soul-growing period. Please compare it with grade school high school, and university on earth is a growing experience for the soul. And then on Sunday afternoon, May 1, she says, I am now in the higher dimension of the first level. I am still resting before I really get into learning to increase my soul's awareness of God. I am aware of God, or I would not be on this level. And one more in there, uh, on uh, Monday morning, May 9th, she said, I am learning about the seven levels of heaven, although I am now solidly on the third level of heaven. Thanks to you for getting over your grief that holds us all back. To me, that was fascinating. Thanks to you for getting over your grief, which holds us all back. I want to stay even closer than I am now to you to try to help you continue to get over your tremendous grief. Sadness is okay for you, and you will probably have a certain amount of sadness for me throughout the rest of your life. This is human and does not affect me. So anyway, one more. She says on morning, May 30th, uh, as I mentioned, as I earlier mentioned, I'm on third level heaven of seven levels of heaven. And, and it goes on a little bit more. Now, the thing that interested me, Susan, is that on verification, I have people that have 
brought the book, and I've given some other talks, and mm-hmm. they want to know, well, how do you verify these things? Well, there, there's a book uh, by uh, Monsignor Robert Hugh Benson, who um, passed uh, along in, in 1914, and he's got a book that he's written, about 200 and some pages, that he channeled through his friend, a fellow by the name of Anthony Borgia, after after uh, Robert Hugh Benson's death in 1914, and he says, quote, the spirit world is divided into spheres or or realms. The spheres are arranged from the first to the seventh, arranged in a series of concentric circles around the earth. These circles reach out to the infinity of space. Then another thing, many of the world's religions talk about seven layers of heaven. Mm-hmm. According to the, I may be mis- mispronouncing this, but according to the Talmud, Talmud, I probably mispronounced it, the universe is made up of seven heavens. And in the second book of Enoch, Mohammed is taken by two angels through each of the seven levels of heaven, one by one. Now, the fascinating thing to me, Susan, is the first time I ever heard about seven levels of heaven was from Sue uh, in these conversations. And then, unbelievable, all, all this information comes out about seven levels of heaven. So to me, that's a complete validation of, of where she is, what she's saying, and how she's how she knows these things. So it's wow. What a beautiful woman. Ward, you're calling me Susan, but I'm Sandra. But I figured you're just excited. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm that's, excited because, uh, that's I, I quite all hard. right. I no, no, hard. no. We're we're friends. But I really love this. I mean, in the center of the book, you have photographs of her. What a beautiful woman! And the con- I just can't get over the conversations. Because it's, you know, I've had conversations with myself and, you know, what would I say about this and that. But it's certainly not conversational. This is you really taking notes on everything she's saying. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. What what does she say? uh, I just, I'm curious, what does she say um, in heaven? I know there's the seven layers, but do we still have our bodies? Um you know, like what does she say? Does she uh, describe what it's like at all? Uh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, again, uh, I had to really think about this because, but I have to believe what she's telling mm-hmm. me because it just all makes sense to me. But sure, but but they 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 uh, they're so used to bodies on Earth that they can they can manifest bodies in heaven like they had on earth but it's all through thought uh everything that is done is through thought now if you go into some of the scientists that are in them they're exploring consciousness Mm -hmm. uh now on on earth they're talking about you know maybe maybe we all maybe we all are, are generating everything we have everything is solid maybe we're generating that by our thoughts so anyway, that's something to consider. But definitely, and I'm not going to go into that. There's a lot of information on that around. But so anyway, getting back to your question, um, yeah, they, they can generate a human body because that's what they're used to, or they can have a. a, a she, she talks about a body that is kind of like a uh, like uh, you talk about an aura uh, of uh, around our bodies on Earth. A lot of people feel that we have an aura. Yes, uh, around our bodies, and so she's saying that 
their 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 spirit, their personality, their being is is kind of like an aura, uh, and uh, until they go into a physical body. Now, the other fascinating thing, which I have validation on, is they're talking about houses, uh, having a house and having a garden, and uh, a garden outside the house. Uh, there's through my notes here a little bit. There's mm-hmm. a um, there's another book that I, that I found after all this started happening uh, called Testimony of Light by Helen Greaves, who wrote this book about her friend who was a Catholic nun in England. And, and after she passed away, uh, this Helen Greaves was, was through telepathy having the same type of conversations almost like I have or I have with Sue. And she's saying that... Uh, Early on in the book, she says, I now occupy a cottage of my own, a peaceful little place. And as soon as I can reorient myself sufficiently, I shall be teaching or tutoring again uh, where I am in my plane. Uh, She says, further on, she says, I have a new home. I share a beautiful estate with others of the group. So, uh, again, you know, obviously, Sue also tells me in the book that I shouldn't try too much where I am with my consciousness, with the earthly consciousness, to uh, to try to really try to, to try to try to figure out all this. Because she's saying that <laughs> right. we, we need to take it take it on faith, uh, because it's just impossible with our consciousness to comprehend what's actually going on. Yeah, you know, Ward, I've talked to many people who've had near-death experiences, and they actually, you know, cross over, and um, they say the memories are so much more vibrant than even any memory they've ever had, but they say they can't put words really to the experiences, because it's the same thing, that our our minds um, are built for being on planet Earth, and there's so much more, and so there's really no way to get it in the minds that we have exactly what's possible and, and what's available and what, what it's like over there in the afterlife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, I, I kind of look at, look at this way. Uh, look at it this way. Uh, you know, eons ago, uh, we had we had the caveman. And the caveman, you know, they had a certain amount of consciousness, obviously, because they discovered fire and they were able to, you know, uh, get their food to uh, killing the animals and things like. That. But 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 they were cavemen, and then down through the ages, uh, as as the centuries progressed, we all of a sudden um, found found our consciousness increased. And now in the year 2017, we've got a certain consciousness, and a lot of scientists, by the way, are now exploring consciousness. Mm-hmm. But uh, where in the world are we going to be in our consciousness? Fifty years from now, or a hundred years from right. now, and at that point, that point in time, we very well may start understanding some of these things that are happening. You know, yeah, and it takes time. I, mean, I just got this funny visualization of giving a caveman, you know, an iPhone, and uh, saying, "Okay, send a text to this yeah. person, take a selfie, right?" <laughs> uh, you know, and it it things that we take for granted now that are just normal a hundred years ago. I mean, it, people couldn't even, even 50 years ago, fathom that we could have these little devices in our hands that connects us with all the information in the world. And even that we could look at it and see a, somebody looking at us and talking to us that this technology is available. So it takes time. 
Well, yes, Sandra. In other words, we put a man on the moon. We have now these these uh, rocket ships, if you want to call them that. Uh-huh. And and what was it, a hundred years ago or so that that uh, the Wright brothers flew the first airplane? Yes, unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah, all from a dream that they could make that possible. You know, I think so many people that have done major shifts in our and our thoughts in the world just, just came from a dream. Let me ask, Ward, did, um, has Sue ever talked about spirit guides? I mean, do we have people that are assisting us through this life and into the next? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, about about, um, about 2009, uh, and I don't know why this happened to me, but about 2009, I was sitting uh, in in uh, in my home office, and this time it was in an upstairs bedroom. And all of a sudden, I, a voice that came into my mind, which I now know through telepathy, and it said that uh, we're your spirit guides. We've been with you your entire life. We've helped you out of many prob- problematic situations in your life, and now we want to be with you. And you want we want we want you to recognize us and and start listening to what we have to say from time to time. Well, that, again, uh, was something that I, I really, really, really uh, had a hard time believing. But mm-hmm. So from 2009 through, uh, through, through actually through today, uh, if I tune into my spirit guides, I, 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 I think it's a message. Now, um, coming back to, to Sue, she had her spirit guides, and, uh, and they would talk to her. And now what's happening is, is when she's in heaven, her spirit guides helping her uh, grow in consciousness. Uh, and, 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 and several several pages in this book from time to time, I talk about what her spirit guides are, are telling her. And so that's actually in the book as well. Uh, spirit guides, everyone on earth has a spirit guide, as I've come to read and understand. Mm-hmm. And... Um, but but most people have no idea, like I had for all, all these years, most people have no idea of, about their spirit guides until something happens to where they can tune in. Uh, that's, again, a whole different, completely fascinating subject. Yes. How is Is there any talk from her about what life is about, you know, why we're here on Earth? versus yeah yeah we're here on earth to learn uh this again is something that i had to comprehend uh we are born okay we could go into the whole soul business she does in the book Uh, our souls are our eternity They're, they're there for eternity and and our souls have to grow just like just like we grow mm-hmm. uh, in consciousness, our souls have to grow. I think little souls and old souls, I understand, and and so our souls have us come to Earth, reincarnate into Earth, which is another whole situation story. And and so we, we're on Earth in order to learn to grow and to learn and grow in unconditional love. Uh, God is love, and and. Uh, and we have to learn to grow in unconditional love because right now, most people on earth do not really love each other. I mean, obviously we have wars, we have yes, murders. Sure it's do. just unbelievable. And uh, so that's why we're here on earth is to learn. 
is, is to learn. Mm. And, you know, unfortunately, I think some of our biggest learning comes out of our most painful experiences. Do you find that's true? Well, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I think one of the main reasons that, that, uh, that, that Sue, it was time for her to pass on uh, was that, 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 that I had really never, other than with Sue, had what I would call really unconditional love for, for most people, mm-hmm. even many, many times for myself. And I did have unconditional love for her. I was just a love thing that we had between us. And so to her, her experience of, of passing and the six months after she was out of the, out of the, uh, out of the uh, hospital, uh, I had to learn how to feed her through her stomach tube. I had to, uh, to get the medicine, uh, make sure she had plenty of medicine, make sure she had the right liquid food, and on and on and on and on, and take care of her physically uh, like people have to do. And that completely changed my consciousness. It completely changed my whole feeling about people, mm-hmm. uh, not only about Sue, but about everybody I run into. And so that was a learning experience that I think my soul had me had to learn, have to learn. And then and I know that Sue learned a lot from that by seeing that someone really, really, really loved her. It would really, really take care of her. So I think those are learning experiences that we both needed, needed to have. Wow. And do you, does she talk about what level she's at now? I'm, I'm assuming you're still in, you're still journaling your communications. And I'm, I'm amazed, Ward, that this is only just last year that this all happened. That's well, pretty fast. Yeah, but it's about pretty fast from yeah. from that yeah. her um to, you know, her crossing over, if you want to put it that way, to you having this book out and helping so many people yeah. believe. So that tells me that this communication you had and all these signs really did help you with your grief. Is that correct? Oh, yeah, and that was the main reason why the book was written. Uh, in the book, Sue tells me, well, actually, in the introduction to the book, Sue says that she wanted to have the book written, and she also says God wanted to have the book written hmm. to help people, even if we could only help one person who read the book get over this tremendous grief and des- desolation, um, the book would be worthwhile. And that was the reason why the book was written, uh, just because I, I was I was so devastated. Yes. It was just unbelievable, you know, the first few few uh, few few days, few few months actually. Um, but, but anyway, to follow up with your question, so they so they can go ahead and and uh, interrelate with each other. Uh, Susan, or uh, I'm sorry, Sandra. That's okay. It's, it's like a completely, it's like a completely different world. It's just like a, a world on Earth, but it's not on Earth. Uh, but it's a world of thought, and 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 there's no negatives. So there, the ego is got the ego does not follow transition. Hallelujah! Uh, Hallelujah! <laughs> that's that's such a terrible part of and being human. 
Yeah, that little negative voice. Oh. Yeah, I'm glad. Well, the little negative voice, you know, when we're kids, that little negative voice keeps us from running out in the street and getting run over. Yeah, but also the little voice that says, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, no one's ever going to love me, don't try this, you're going to be a failure. That's the little voice I'm talking about. Uh, so, so, so moving on, like you, like you had mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, Sue, Sue was, uh, she was a biologist. She got the, the uh, highest biology grade in her high school that she's ever gotten, that has ever been given. And so biology is her thing when out in heaven. She has, uh, she, she attends school and lectures to learn much more about biology. We have no idea on earth now. Uh, also there's a, there's what they call halls of learning. And it is this book by, uh, of this, of this Catholic nun. She says that she's, she's, uh, goes to the hall, hall of learning. Sue goes to the hall of learning. Everybody could go to the hall of learning. It's almost like, like earth. Uh, unbelievable, but it's almost like Earth. They have buildings, they have trees, they have mountains, they take walks in the woods. It's, uh, it's all, it's just all, uh, it's all validated to me by, by several other books that I've read since all this happened. As I've done my research and trying to find out what in the world is really going on. So, so maybe that answers your question. Yeah, it does. And it's great that you brought up halls of learning because I've heard it from different people that don't know each other and haven't read each other's books about finding out that there are these halls of learning. Now, did she have to go to the halls of learning to know how to get in touch with you? Because the bottom, I want to know, and maybe you can give some insight as to, because, you know, there's some of us that would just do anything to be able to get some of this communication from our loved ones and, how do how do we learn to do it? How do they learn to do it? Can well, they learn? Uh, I, I'm told by Sue that whenever someone passes, they always want to come through back to their loved ones on Earth. Mm-hmm. They always want to come through and show their loved ones that there is no death. Uh, uh, in many instances, the grief is so strong uh, that the vibrations of the loved ones cannot come through because the grief of, of, the, of the people left on earth is so strong. Now, my grief was so strong, I, I still don't quite know how Sue was able to get through, but she did, mm-hmm. obviously. And, and so that's one thing. Uh, many times uh, the loved one will try to come through, and the person on earth will strike it and will, will, will say, okay, it's a coincidence. Well, this, this thing that happened is a coincidence, you know. Uh, it's just not true. So there's, so there's, there's a grief keeps the people, keeps the loved ones from coming through. Coincidences, uh, people don't realize what's actually happening. Uh, what I'm told is that if, if you, if a person would maybe, uh, like, and I think what happened to me is, is, uh, in the middle of the night or in the early morning when our minds are kind of at rest, uh, just all of a sudden sit and meditate. And, and and think about the loved one that's passed and try to um, tell them that you would like to have them come through and just wait and listen and wait and listen. And, 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 and it very well may come to pass. And it might not be the first time. It might take a few different times. I've heard up to seven, seven times sometimes for someone to start coming through. Uh, 
the, the other possibility, which happens frequently, is there are some very internationally known mediums, and uh, and you can find those folks on the internet. But but normally, someone that will go to an internationally known medium, uh, they can always bring their loved ones to. Uh, here where I live in, in our church, we had an internationally known medium come through a few months ago, and I attended the uh, 2,000 other people attended the, the meeting, and he was able to say, okay, someone is coming through that, that I know their relative is in the audience. And he would describe uh the situation, and, and then maybe a woman would stand up in the audience and say, "Oh, that's got to be my father." So, uh, Sandra, it's a fascinating, fascinating thing, it really is. Oh, I love witnessing some of those. Uh, one of my funniest stories: one of the guests that I interviewed, uh, her mother, who had passed away, was really big on psychics and mediums, and she says, "Honey, if I die before you." you know, go see this medium, John Edwards. And she says, I will come to him, you know, bring you a message. And of course, the daughter makes the same deal, right? You know, and of course, the mother wasn't sick, daughter wasn't sick. Well, the mother developed a brain tumor and died within months. And so, of course, daughter grieving, uh, the, this John Edwards comes to town. And so this daughter invites her dad, who didn't believe in any of this, to, you know, dad, would you come with me? I just feel like, you know, that was mom's favorite medium. And so, Ward, it was so, it was such a wonderful story because right at the beginning, uh, this John Edwards says, I've got a daughter here who's with her father. The wife just passed away from a brain tumor. Uh, This is what she's telling me. And she was so specific, even saying to the husband, I know you don't believe in this stuff, but I saw you walking alone um, by the river and there was a man dressed in drag as little Bo Peep. <laughs> I mean, really specific. And, and of course, his father's astonished because not a single person witnessed that. And from how that instance healed and helped them, their grieving, because there's no other explanation then, you know, your loved one is still around and they can see and they can, you know, they know what's going on with you. So, lovely. Well, so we, we know, and I know, now that there's no death. There is no death. There's a transition to a different world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sandra, what I might take, a, we're getting short on time perhaps, but I like to do this. Uh, several times I've asked Sue what happened after she passed on, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and here's one thing she's saying. After I was pronounced clinically dead in the hospital room, I felt calmness for a few minutes and knew you came in to see me and kissed my forehead. I was calm in no pain or discomfort. I really realized more than ever how much you really loved me. After a few short minutes, I left my body altogether and drifted upward toward a light. I just dissolved from my body and left again, as I say, into the bright, dazzling light. I was aware of myself and who I was, and I felt unlimited joy. I drifted for a while like on a cloud and then was deposited into another world, a world without form as you know it. I am still resting, and I feel like I am relaxing after my earth journey. We'll see what comes next, but I know it will be joyous and thrilling. Very important, the vibrations of love between us are keeping us together. And then she goes on, Sandra, to say, well, I go on and ask her at another time, uh, do you want to tell me again what happened when you died? She said, yes, there was 
quiet at first, then an angel appeared, shimmering in white and gold, kind of like a mist. Then my dad appeared, and both of them said they would help me over the threshold of death and into another world, wow. a world without suffering like I went through. Then a kind of door opened, hard to describe, and we went through it, and then there was a myriad of angels around me showing me that I was all right, and they welcomed me into their world. At first I was confused, as I had just left the only world I knew, Earth, but as they welcomed me with shining, with shining light, a sense of joy and deep, deep, all-consuming love enveloped me, and I knew that I was right and at home. And she goes on to say, Then I was led into a room of shining color. There were fresh, unbelievable flowers around me and in front of me as I went into a chamber of unbelievable light and feeling of love. I now felt that I was like floating among stars, and I could be anywhere I wanted in the universe. I can come back to you as I have done and help you in your life by giving you suggestions and guidance like the angels did for me while I was on earth. I need, I need, I now feel guided again by the angels of God to more beautiful areas of heaven. I don't know where I will end up, but it will be in a wondrous spot in heaven where my soul will continue to grow and learn about even more love and eventually be with God. That's beautiful. Did she believe in reincarnation? You know, the very first chapter, uh, I beg pardon, the very first part of the book, she said, I don't know about reincarnation. I have not been here long enough. And then later on, which is not in the book because it came afterwards, after, after we had written the book, she says, yes, there is reincarnation. And and some people that go to, uh, to heaven, they don't necessarily need to be reincarnated. They can stay there if they want. If, they're, if they want to, if they want to have their soul, soul growing consciousness and continue on to, to even higher levels in heaven, then they would have to come back to earth, be reincarnated and continue learning about unconditional love. So it's not something that someone has to do. It's almost like they have the, have the, uh, the choice whether they want to or not. At least that's what I'm finding out. Mm. <clears throat> I like it. I, I personally believe that reincarnation would be real and a good thing can't imagine you know a child that's only lived for a couple of months and that was his only shot in life you know but um and there's some really good studies and good people that have really explored reincarnation um what do i want to ask you next what do you want to share what what it oh i don't i know our well, time is well, limited uh, but we still have a few well, more I'd minutes like, i like to share a couple of things if yes you don't absolutely One, uh, the reason the book was written is to help people, as I, again, I mentioned, help people uh, with the situation of grief and, and, and desolation. And so the book is available on Amazon. And, and uh, Sandra, there's, there's a couple of books. Before, before I had the title, uh, I, I, I had not realized that, uh, that there were a couple of books called Beyond, not Beyond, yeah, Beyond the Veil. Mm-hmm. So there's two or three books called Beyond the Veil. But this is the only book that's called Beyond the Veil to Heaven. So that's the full name of the book, Beyond the Veil to Heaven. So if anybody would like to get that fine, um, it's available. And, and, uh, and so, but I do want to throw that out if you don't mind. No, I don't mind at all. I will share it as much as I can. And also, your website is signsfromsue.com. Correct? Correct. You're right. Yeah. I think probably one of the only other things I would like, well, a couple of things I'd like to say is mm-hmm. that uh, there's a lot of investigation now uh, by scientists about 
what is this universe saying? What, what about heaven? How many universes are there? Uh, and and there's a fellow uh, a scientist by the name of David Douche. He's a British physicist, and he developed what they call a quantum computer. <laughs> the quantum computer shows 256 different universes and counting. And as, as of this writing, NASA has discovered seven Earth-like planets orbiting a new nearby star wow. 40 light years away. So we just don't know what's all out there. Uh, one other thing I'd like to share is, uh, and in some of these other books I've read also, Sue is telling me that because of thought, she could actually visit other universes. Mm -hmm. She could visit other planets if she wants to. Uh, and that is a whole different subject, an and unbelievable subject. Yeah, well, I believe in it. I Part of my book, I studied something called remote viewing, and it's like an ESP technique, and it actually came from a physicist, a guy that helped invent the laser beam, talked about quieting our mind, having an intention to see something in, could be somebody's dining room table, halfway around the world. And the brain will actually, or the mind, will actually pick up images. And so the CIA, there were all kinds of uh, these psychic spies back in the day. Um, but I've, I've actually done some of these tests myself. And it, it is mind-blowing how our mind can... I don't know where it goes, how it steps out and can be in Australia within a matter of half a second. But if we can pick up images like that, then why not travel to another planet or somewhere else in the universe? You know, I, it, it makes sense. It does make sense. So I'm well, just I'm, delighted. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Ward, it has been an absolute joy talking with you today. And I think the biggest gift it has been is to just really know that our loved ones are here, that uh, for whatever the reason, uh, Sue had the energy and the power immediately to come through. Uh, I know without a doubt that grief is the most painful emotion that we human beings have to um, live through. And we're all going to lose a loved one. It just That's the nature of life. But to have her come through and impact your grief and give so many specifics in such a beautiful wit written book. I mean, it's really, it's really great. And I'm so thankful that you sent me a copy of it. Really great. But to know that this is possible, that there are the halls of learning, that our, how we feel impacts the level of the vibration, you know, so um, it is hard if you're really suffering in grief, but to do some things that might make you feel better, go for a walk, get together with some friends, listen to some music, any of those things that can help raise the vibration, I personally think can help our loved ones come through. And I just remembered something that I created four years ago that I want to give to our listeners now. Um, we've been talking a lot, Ward, about reconnecting with our loved ones. And one of the things that you, even you mentioned is quieting our mind. And so I created a free audio called Reconnections. And basically, it's me talking you through a guided imagery that quiets your mind and then puts you on a park bench and you invite your loved one uh, who has crossed over to to visit with you. And 
why I think it's important is, you know, like you said, it could take seven times before you, you get someone coming through. But it's like building a muscle. The more you learn to quiet your mind, this is my feeling anyways, and build up our own vibrations, the more possible it is, the more we strengthen our muscle. So I have a website that I don't mention too often, but it's just we don't die.com. And on the left, there's a button there that says reconnections. So if anybody would like that, it's just a 20 minute free guided visualization um, and uh, that's that's there for you and just something to practice with you know really to um, build that relationship with your loved one and maybe build the energy and, and just see what happens but uh, certainly a gift so Ward how about I say thank you to you for being our guest today well thank you thank you Sandra for allowing me yeah, and thank you for being proactive and sending me a copy of your book. I love it. I love it. I love it. I got it right in my hands. I'm um, anxious to finish reading it. But it's so well written, and I can't thank you enough for documenting the conversation between you and Sue because it's it, it doesn't read like it's something you wrote. It looks, it reads like some words are yours and some words are hers. You know, it really is a dialogue and it just gives so much hope and faith that all of our loved ones are just right here and they can be doing whatever they're doing if you want to call it heaven, but they're only a thought away from us and can be here with us. So thank you. And for our listener, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. Uh, and oh, go ahead, Ward. No, no, I, I didn't say anything. I'm, oh. I'm, I was listening to you. That's all right. right. No, it's all right. I'm, I'm imagining that you are, and I'd never want to interrupt. But again, we've been listening to uh, Ward Barkifer. His book is called Beyond the Veil to Heaven, which is available on Amazon. And visit his website, signsfromsue.com, to get more information. And I just mentioned to you my website, wedontdie.com. Click on Reconnections if you want to practice that Reconnections audio. We also have wedontdieradio.com, where the past almost 200 episodes are found, all kinds of great conversations with great people about why life after death is real and how to live a powerful life. Uh, feel free to click on something called the Insiders Club and I'll give you a free PDF read of my book, We Don't Die. And also there's a very healing audio called How to Survive Grief, which does talk about some of the tools to raise our vibrations, get us feeling good. And like we said on this episode, maybe allow uh, communication and some of these signs to take place. And so uh, I also invite you to join our Facebook group if you're a Facebook person. Just type in We Don't Die Listeners into the search box. And lastly, come visit me in person. I'll be speaking in Scottsdale, Arizona, September 15th through 17th. You go to afterlifestudies.org to register. And if you do come, I invite you to uh, find me on Thursday night. I'll be in the lobby. I'll have a big blue sign next to me so you can find me easily. But I have some We Don't Die wristbands and I'll give you one as a gift. Love to see you. Love to meet you. And spend the weekend with you. So in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain, and I've been your host on We Don't Die Radio. And I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important. So I want to thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.